we have to prepare for all possibilities of EU exit. It has enabled projects that in previous eras took up to three years to deliver. We've been able to deliver equivalent projects in timescales of around six months. People joining the FCAC, they're doing good for society as a whole. We are also able to recruit on the basis of a progressive agenda. It's exciting work in a valuable context. I'd always want to be participative as a leader, uh, you know, creating the environment where the whole is more than some of the parts. Seek out challenges, plan for success. If you say, look, this is an achievable goal, you have to work back from that goal and build a plan that's going to get us there. More than half the time, you can pull that off. Many of those who failed in life gave up, not realising how close they were to success. This is CRNA TV. My name is Hendrik Dekkers. I'm here today with Martin Bellamy at the FCA in London. Martin is a computer scientist, graduated from the Imperial uh, College. He has more than 35 years of experience. He started in marketing and then went into technology. And he's worked in very different industries. Financial services, higher education, media, welfare, healthcare, justice. And now for two years as the CIO of the Financial Conduct Authority. And Martin also has a PhD in cloud computing, and I'm sure we'll uh, get to that in, uh, in a moment. Martin, first, in a nutshell, could you explain what is the FCA? Sure. The, the, the FCA is the UK financial regulator. Mm -hmm. uh, our role is to oversee the entire financial services industry. Mm -hmm. And in doing that, our objectives are to protect consumers, mm -hmm. to promote effective competition, uh, and ensure the integrity of the markets. In summary, our role is to ensure financial markets work well. Okay, that's very clear. Now, Martin, let's talk about the uh, first about the cloud migration program mm -hmm. that you have uh, implemented here at the FCA, which is quite a quite a big program, quite a strategic uh, program. What was the, the the issues that you wanted to solve, and how did you approach this um, cloud platform that you built? In fact, right. Well, the origin of the program goes back to 2013. Mm -hmm when the FCA was set a particularly large challenge. And that was, you know, our remit was expanded to include firms providing consumer credit, mm -hmm. uh, as well as uh, credit card companies and personal loan providers. That included any individual or any organization who loans mon money to other individuals. Yep. That was a huge expansion of the, the number of organizations the FCA needed to regulate. Mm -hmm. uh, and the timescales were quite tight when the team looked at how could they meet that requirement using the legacy IT architecture we had, they concluded it couldn't be done. Okay. Uh, so a new approach was needed and they turned to the cloud and said, look, does that give us a way forward? Mm -hmm. uh, it was quite challenging, uh, not least because the FCA has very high security requirements. Of course. Uh, and in the early days, public cloud, there were questions over, is it as secure as mm -hmm. traditional enterprise IT? Yep. Uh, but it was the only way, and so the team worked out a way uh, to resolve the problems. Mm -hmm. uh, the upshot of that is it was a big success and was delivered to meet the timescales. And that first, uh, th th that was really the, 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 the awakening point yep. where people said, look, this is actually quite phenomenal what's been achieved here. Yep. Could we do more with this? Okay. Yeah. Now, 
in terms of developments beyond that, mm -hmm. there were then other business needs the FCA had. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, you know, over probably the following year, 2014, 2015, mm -hmm. it became recognized that new projects in general could be done more quickly yep. and more cost effectively in the cloud than in the conventional uh, data center. And so use of the cloud grew. Mm -hmm. But then there were two further inflection points. The, the first was a realization that the use of the cloud, uh, if it was done in different ways for different business needs, mm -hmm. using the cloud quite quickly became really complex to manage because okay. you had many different ways of doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. uh, and so we realized that in order to move forwards, we would need to build an industrialized virtual data center mm -hmm. in the cloud. Okay. Uh, the second realization was that when we were looking at our future IT strategy, uh, and a particular question here for us was around our legacy data center, which was nearing the end of life, yep. we asked the question, what if we replace that entire legacy data center by moving to the cloud? What if our strategy was to adopt software as a service wherever there's a suitable product, mm -hmm. but to use our virtual uh, private cloud data center built in AWS, I should say, uh, where SaaS is not suitable. Uh, and what if we, at the same time, could build a digital platform that would be the foundation for the next phase of data-enabled regulation? So the strategy is to go 100% cloud? That is correct. With as much as possible a SaaS platform, software as a service. Mm -hmm. And where is that not where that is not possible to develop yourself in, in, the, in the cloud? Exactly. Yeah. And, and so you want to go 100%. What's the target? When, when do you want to reach this? Well, we want to exit our legacy data center by 2022, mm -hmm. uh, which gives us, we know, when we talk to peer organizations, mm -hmm. that's a relatively aggressive timescale. Yeah. Something we've achieved uh, at the end of last month mm -hmm. was we got to the point where we have now initiated all of the projects we need to achieve that data center exit mm -hmm. and to complete the cloud migration. Yeah. So how, f how far are you down the road? Uh, what percentage is, is, is still old legacy systems and what is new systems or uh, software as a service systems today? Uh, today we're more than halfway there, approaching 60%, but still with a fair way to go. The, the other 40% is largely legacy. Okay. And the legacy is going to move to the cloud or you're going to like rebuild all the legacy Well, systems? again, a really interesting question because mm -hmm. no, you'll appreciate that to achieve a day center exit, 2022 for the scale of operation we have mm -hmm. is quite a challenging date. Yeah. Uh, and uh, one of our uh, you know, priorities was to minimize the risk of not achieving that date. Mm -hmm. And so back uh, about 18 months ago, we asked the question, would it make more sense to do a simple lift and shift type move into the cloud mm -hmm. or more realistically lift and shift with minimal business change? Or would it make sense to, at the same time as we do that, uh, do so in a more strategic way mm -hmm. that creates our digital platform for regulation? When we looked at the cost, time and risk analysis, we concluded that it was actually marginal which of those we did. And the reason for that was some of the legacy was so far from what was needed to run in the cloud, okay. it had to be largely rebuilt anyway. So, of course, we then reached the conclusion, well, if we're going to have to do the rebuild, let's rebuild, rebuild it in a strategic way so it's fit for the future.
Wow, so that's quite a strategy. I mean, mm -hmm. a complete rebuild of all the legacy systems, yeah. everything in the cloud, uh, and, and, and with that have a digital platform for the, for the organization. Indeed, yes, yeah, yeah. And that digital platform is designed to deliver, as well as individual outcomes from each component, uh, the platform is also designed to deliver a set of cross-cutting outcomes that are, if you like, bigger than the sum of the parts. Okay. So uh, there are five of those that we bear in mind, and, okay. and, and we look at these when we're designing each component. Mm -hmm. uh, the first of these is around user experience, okay. and that's not only user experience for our colleagues in the FCA, it's also user experience for the financial services industry because there clients. are our <laughs> clients, there are uh, no, 60,000 firms, yep. uh, more than 100,000 individuals using our service. Uh, and it's also user experience for consumers because you know, we offer services that uh, are available to everybody in the UK. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, for example, a service called The Register that allows people to verify whether a financial firm is properly authorised okay. yep. by the FCA. Mm -hmm. Uh, our second uh, no, cross-cutting principle is data, uh, and on data, our aspiration is for data to be available for all legitimate purposes. Mm -hmm. uh, the third cross-cutting objective is to create insight, mm -hmm. uh, and by insight, we mean uh, no, enabling uh, regulators in the FCA to have the best possible decision support. Mm -hmm because uh, no, no, there is, uh, it's a big task regulating a large industry mm -hmm. uh, and uh, no, the ratio of people in the industry, there's about 1.2 million people working in the financial service industry in the UK. Right. In the FCA, there's three and a half thousand. Okay. Uh, the fourth cross-cutting uh, goal is then uh, automation. And of course, underpinning automation is integration. Mm -hmm. uh, so we already have a number of fully automated straight through process examples. Uh, we see more of that happening in the future. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, the final cross-cutting ambition is operational excellence, mm -hmm. uh, where we are looking to be able to demonstrate value for money, yep. high efficiency, uh, no best-in-class performance of our uh, internal services to allow us to operate at maximum efficiency. What is the approach when you build like a new platform? How is it built? Who is involved? Um, I mean, that's a big, big, big project. How do you do that? Yes, yeah. Well, at, at the platform level, mm -hmm. uh, first of all, we created a blueprint for mm -hmm. the capabilities we wanted to have on the future platform. Yeah. Uh, and we did that very conscious that in the previous generation of IT, organizations generally tend to respond to, to requests from particular departments. Mm -hmm. Uh, no, for example, the sales departments in a uh, no consumer products company yeah. might request a risk management system. Mm -hmm. uh, a risk management system would be built specifically for them. And then you know, a year later, there might be a request from the manufacturing department for a risk management system, and another one would be provided. Uh, and that effect led to a proliferation of yeah. services. Uh, so our second uh, strategic decision was to say that as in, in building the, 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 what I referred to earlier as the five digital enablers, mm -hmm. we need to do so with a uh, digital platform that has a set of general purpose capabilities mm -hmm. uh, that while each of them will inevitably de be deployed in one area of the organization first, mm -hmm. each of them when it's commissioned is built with the end in mind, 
yeah. it's built to become a truly general purpose capability that will meet that will meet the needs of all the different parts of the organization and all the use cases mm -hmm. we will have for that yeah. uh, that is uh, something well it's an approach that we anticipate will lead to substantial simplification of our uh, digital architecture yeah. uh, now we expect to move from you know, hundreds of services to reduce that by an order of magnitude to tens of services. Okay. Uh, and of course, that then brings many uh, related benefits. Yep. Now, if we move one level down again and then ask the question, how do we implement each uh, component, each mm -hmm. of those general purpose capabilities, yep. uh, as the trigger for initiating each piece of work arrives, mm -hmm. our first question is, is there a suitable software as a service product yep. that meets that need? And where there is, we will always choose software as a service first mm -hmm. uh, because of the you know, breadth of capabilities it brings uh, and the ability to get a whole technology stack yep. that remains evergreen as it's upgraded by the cloud provider. Uh, where things are unique to regulation, we will then build those. And there's many, I can imagine. And, and there are many because, yeah. of course, every, every organization has a unique purpose. Yep. Uh, and the you know, what, what you might call the line of business systems that are unique to FCA, it's those we build in the virtual private cloud uh, data center. And what are like the standard uh, software as a service components that you can reuse? I mean, is it CRM systems or, I mean, there's, there's no ERP for an FCA uh, that you, it's just off the shelf. Uh, there, there isn't full ERP, but there's certainly finance and HR that, that we can source from the cloud. Uh, there's, uh, there, there is CRM. Uh, there's office software, yep. uh, and uh, then at the layer below, there are a whole host of services that we've used in our uh, uh, cloud data center, as we call it, which I say is entirely Amazon Web Services uh, used in the standard way, mm -hmm. but in a consistent way that gives us confidence in security, operability, reliability, uh, and all of the other non-functional requirements you have from a conventional data center. You, you said that you're building a virtual private cloud in Amazon Web Services. Yes. Yeah. What is that exactly and, and, and why and how did you do that? Yes. Well, effectively, as, as I mentioned earlier, mm -hmm. uh, in our early use of Amazon Web Services, uh, we quite quickly found that projects uh, were doing similar things in different ways. Mm -hmm. And so we were getting a proliferation of approaches. Yeah. So we looked at all of the different uh, no, controls and capabilities uh, that you need to run uh, a, no, a set of services in the cloud successfully yeah. uh, and identified that there were three main categories. Uh, first of all, uh, no, encapsulation of standard cloud services in a way that gives us confidence we are going to use them consistently in a secure way. Uh, secondly, a set of management tools, many of which are themselves sourced as software as a service. And the management tools are you know, for operability, uh, monitoring, mm -hmm. uh, security, yep. uh, virus scanning, uh, all of uh, those sorts of things. Uh, and then the third dimension was a set of procedures that gives us confidence that uh, you know, when what is quite a large number uh, of different people in our organization interface uh, no, in delivering change via the cloud data yeah. center, that the procedures are going to ensure reliability, coherence, and the ability to maintain that facility efficiently yeah. moving forwards. 
uh, when we uh, know had completed the analysis of the scale of work that would need to be done, we identified uh, in the order of 60 different work packages, uh, some of which were significant in terms of the amount of mm -hmm. design and implementation resource they needed. And, and, and so the design and the development of these packages, how do you approach that? Is that in-house development, you work with partners, and, and how do you select your partners for a big project like this? Right, so our implementation is done with partners, mm -hmm. but we have a policy of owning the design ourselves okay. uh, and you know, bringing in partners to help us with uh, implementation. Mm -hmm. uh, so in the case of the cloud data centre, it, it came at a busy time for us because we were preparing for uh, EU withdrawal uh, and uh, delivering some major planks of our uh, yeah. data strategy. Mm -hmm. So in that case, uh, we did conclude that we should go to the market uh, with uh, a slightly bigger brief than we normally would. Okay. And, and we pulled in you know, some firms to help us both with the detailed design and implementation, mm -hmm. uh, the high-level design we did, uh, and the review and sign-off of the design we did. Now, I realise I'm talking about this, I'm talking very much in traditional big project waterfall terms about the mm -hmm. build of this. We do see the platform once built is a foundation for moving fully into the agile DevOps way of working. Yeah. And uh, no, to a large extent, we are in that mode of operation already. Because you're building a digital platform where you're putting in place the components for the first time, mm -hmm. uh, there is still the need to go through, identify what you need, design, build, do the first deployment. Yeah. But it's then iterative upgrades beyond that first deployment. So recreating all legacy systems, moving 100% to the cloud, I mean, that's, that's quite unique. I can uh, imagine, especially in a government uh, 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 environment, let's say. Mm -hmm. Do you see that in, 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 in UK and other government uh, organizations that they have the similar goals and strategies like yours? Uh, we see a general trend towards this. Mm -hmm. And uh, indeed, the UK government uh, announced in 2011, and uh, I was part of that announcement, mm -hmm. uh, announced a cloud-first strategy. And that's recently been augmented by a, uh, an announcement of a public cloud-first strategy. So, so b both of those are on public record as okay. uh, announcements on public sector IT policy. In the introduction, we, 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 um, we said that you have a PhD in cloud computing. Yes. Yeah. How did you get that? That's, that's a really interesting question. Mm -hmm. uh, and it, it goes back to 2010 mm -hmm. when I was seconded into the cabinet office to be the inaugural director of the uh, UK government's cloud computing program, okay. which was referred to as G-Cloud. Okay. Uh, and the brief I had was to uh, no, effectively look at all dimensions of strategy, mm -hmm. uh, no, how you'd build, how you'd operate, the commercial aspects, security, uh, no, the engagement models, uh, no, how you would actually mobilise. Yep. Um, but uh, the budget, and I thought that was that was a huge task. I thought, wow, it's going to be <laughs> fantastically interesting to work on that. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, initially, uh, no, uh, at that point in time, money was becoming tighter, mm -hmm. uh, and the budget I had was extremely small. Mm -hmm. 
And so my reaction was to say, well, look, how can I deliver such a big ambition with a team that is one or two people? Yeah. And I concluded I couldn't. Yeah. So in thinking about you know, alternative approaches, uh, I then, and, and I did this after talking to others about you know, what different ideas would work, mm -hmm. but the, the idea we landed on was let's do a call for volunteers mm -hmm. uh, and uh, you know, invite both the uh, IT industry and government departments mm -hmm. to identify individuals they'd be prepared to uh, second to the programme. And we said, look, we're looking for serious commitment looking for a commitment of at least four months and at least four days a week. Yeah. Uh, and this will be an unpaid commitment. It's uh, no, a chance to contribute to shaping the direction of public sector IT policy. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we were delighted with the response we got. Mm -hmm. uh, that approach after quite a number of presentations explaining the ambition and explaining how we were going to structure the program, yeah. the approach yielded uh, 150 volunteers, oh. uh, all of whom were screened to make sure that you know, it would be a good use of mutual time. Yep. Uh, that results in us in building uh, a team of 120 people uh, in eight different strands of work. Now, about the time I was setting that project up, uh, I went back to see one of the academics who had taught me computer science when I'd been at Imperial College mm -hmm. back in the 80s. Yeah. Uh, and he very quickly said, look, this is, this is fascinating what you're doing and we'd love to be involved. Yeah. He said, tell you what, why don't you register for a part-time PhD, do the work you're doing and then do some additional work to, you know, to do academic validation of uh, you know, uh, legitimate strategies for deploying cloud computing in public sector organisations. It is legitimate for you to use the work you are doing with the volunteers as the foundation. Yeah. There will be extra work to do, but this is a great opportunity to get a PhD as a byproduct of work you're doing anyway. Yeah, and so what was the outcome for the for the G Cloud? With I mean, mobilizing 120 people is on on a voluntary basis quite quite amazing yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. in the government and, and environment. So what did you do with them, and, and, and what was the, the 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 end result of that program? Uh, the, the the end result was uh, a strategy uh, mm -hmm. and a business case. Yeah. Uh, many of those documents were published on the Cabinet Office website uh, and uh, some of them are in the National Archive uh, that set out, no, uh, no, really address the questions, is cloud computing uh, a safe and appropriate step for government to take? Yeah. Uh, at the time the work was initiated, there were questions about, well, are we ready? is it sustainable? Yeah. Yeah. Is it secure? Mm -hmm. Is it, can it work at scale? Uh, no, can you deliver services reliably across multiple yep. cloud vendors? Uh, and uh, the approach we took was to identify the major themes that needed to be uh, addressed to build confidence. Uh, and the main ones there were you know, how you would design and implement services, mm -hmm. how you would do the DevOps, the sustaining of services, how you would do the securing of services, how you would build the business case, mm -hmm. uh, how you would uh, know, effectively manage the deployment into the public sector. Uh, and we had there the concept of a, an application store for government or a cloud services store yep. for government. 
uh, and uh, all of that was uh, delivered through eight work strands, each of which specialised in looking in depth at an individual area of work, and each of which had a team averaging 15 people. And then there were regular meetings of a overarching core team yep. uh, that had the job of joining all of that up and commissioning and developing uh, the outputs of the project. So you're really, I mean, you're a, you're a doctor in cloud computing, yeah. you're really a specialist in the strategy for cloud and, G and government cloud yeah. specifically, uh, how to implement, how to use. Is that why you joined the FCA then as, uh, as well? It, it was one of, one of the reasons. So uh, my early career was in financial services technology mm -hmm. and okay. I'd experienced several different parts of the financial services industry then and yep. recalled the financial service industry as being dynamic, highly innovative, mm -hmm. uh, always looking to push the boundaries of financial service innovation using technology. So yeah. I knew just, I know there was, I knew it was an exciting industry to work in. Yeah. Uh, immediately before I came to the FCA, I had done work, uh, I'd been CIO of Cambridge University, and my work there had been around, uh, it was well, a variety of areas as uh, all CIO roles are, but one of those areas was expansion of research computing to handle data at petabyte scale. Uh, and as part of that, we were able to build what is, uh, uh, what was at the time and may still be the UK's largest academic supercomputer. Okay. Um, and my thinking was that if the power of that research computing capability could be deployed with the agility of cloud for the benefit of regulation of the financial services industry, then there was potential for some really exciting achievements yep. that push boundaries and you know, make new things possible. And it was that combination, I thought this could be a really exciting role to take on. Yep. Uh, another factor, of course, is that I've worked in the public sector now for the last uh, more than 15 years. Uh, and uh, during that time, I've built a strong ethos of the value of public service work and uh, and indeed the need for regulation, so uh, delivering public value yep. was also a very attractive part of the role. The program that you've been running here for the last two years, the, the, the recreating and the going 100% cloud, I can imagine that also meant that you have to restructure the IT organization that you have here within the FCA. So can you talk about that? How is the, the IT part of the organization structured today and what, what changes that you had to make. Yes, indeed. And uh, you're, you're absolutely right. Uh, we did conclude it was necessary to restructure the IT organization. Mm -hmm. uh, the move to cloud was one of the reasons for that, but it mm -hmm. wasn't the only major reason. Uh, the second factor was that you know, while the structure I inherited uh, was well designed for the purpose it was designed for mm -hmm. and was still performing well delivering that purpose. It had been designed for the business need of a decade ago, which involved a relatively small number of large projects mm -hmm. that were typically delivered over a period of you know, one to three years. Yeah. The world today is very different. The pace of innovation has increased across the board. Yeah and much of the change has become incremental. So our challenge in a nutshell was, how do we create the organization we will need for the future mm -hmm. that on the one hand enables a faster rate of business innovation, mm -hmm. 
And of course, business innovation brings with it the possibility of divergent solutions. If, if innovation is happening in many different places, if there isn't a framework for it, you will get similar problems being solved in very different ways. Mm -hmm. uh, so we had to, how, how do you reconcile that challenge yeah. with the need to consolidate uh, on a unified architecture? Mm -hmm. And so the organization we've put in place is designed to address both the business driver of accelerating the pace of innovation and the technology driver of yeah. uh, no, the need to ensure a simplification of the architecture to ensure sustainability and value for money. So I can imagine that, that that needed some new people, some new skills, some new capabilities in, in, in the team. So how easy is it for the FCA as a government organization to attract top talent, to, to keep people here? Um, so how do you do that? How do you build your teams? Yes. Well, in terms of people, mm -hmm. uh, the and I uh, have worked, as you've uh, set out, in private sector organisations and mm -hmm. public sector organisations, uh, I can genuinely say that the team here at the FCA is the best uh, I've had. Yeah. Uh, the, no, uh, beating even the teams in the private sector organisations I've worked in, uh, or at least as good as the private sector organisations I've worked in. Uh, and uh, the, the reason for that is that in addition to having a strong public service ethos, mm -hmm. which is a magnet for recruitment, people joining the FCA see they're doing good for society as a whole, mm -hmm. and that's a powerful recruitment uh, attribute. Yeah. Uh, we are also able to recruit on the basis of uh, no, a progressive agenda, no, so in other words, it's exciting work in a valuable context. In the coming months, we will we will witness a, a Brexit one way or another. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What's the impact that it has on FCA in general and on, on IT of, uh, of FCA today? Sure. Well, for, for FCA in general, it means we have to prepare for all possibilities of EU exit, yep. uh, including exit without a deal. Mm -hmm. uh, and exit without a deal would see uh, financial regulation in the UK uh, become much more separate and distinct from that of Europe. Yeah. Uh, at the moment, regulation across Europe is, to a, to a significant extent, integrated okay. with data sharing going across EU member state boundaries. Mm -hmm. Under certain scenarios, we assume that that, to a large extent, would cease. Yeah. And therefore, the challenge in digital terms for us has been to replicate the services that are currently provided at a European level. Okay at the UK level so that we could preserve functioning of the UK markets mm -hmm. uh, and regulation of those markets yeah. uh, in an equivalent way, okay. at, but at the UK level. That has required us undertaking a significant number of projects, yeah. uh, all of which had tight timescales because there hasn't been a lot of time to yeah. prepare for this. Uh, and indeed it is to the credit of the cloud strategy that it has enabled projects that in previous eras took up to three years to deliver. Mm -hmm. We've been able to deliver equivalent projects in timescales of around six months. Uh, and, and that has been, no, in other words, we found the cloud has been a radical accelerator of timescales because of its widely reported agility benefits. 
uh, and that no, it's it's no, you don't don't need to wait for environments. Yep. You can start the uh, no, design and build uh, on day one. So Martin, uh, tell me how is IT really organised here today in FCA? Okay, so in the structure we've put in place over the last uh, twelve months, mm -hmm. uh, and it was a complete restructure. We realised we needed uh, different skill profiles in some cases, mm -hmm. uh, as well as uh, no, a different way of organising. Uh, so we've moved into what we call a business and product-focused organisation. Okay. Uh, at the heart of that are uh, three divisional-focused teams and six product groups. Uh, the divisional-focused teams are headed up by uh, no people I regard as divisional CIOs, mm -hmm. uh, leading our interaction, strategy and delivery uh, for the different uh, no, components of FCA. Uh, and they uh, no, commission innovation through our six product groups, which are no, fully embracing Agile and DevOps. Mm -hmm. uh, and of the product groups, three look after infrastructure and commodity services. Uh, so the infrastructure and operations groups uh, cover uh, end-user computing, mm -hmm. ERP, uh, and uh, infrastructure, including the cloud data center. Yep. Uh, and then we have another three product groups that are focusing on uh, services unique to regulation and building our digital regulatory platform. Uh, and they look after uh, case and risk management, mm -hmm. data and analytics, uh, and investigation and intelligence. Uh, now, in order to make sure that that uh, no construct uh, works well, yeah. and uh, no, because you could put that structure in place, and see a lot of divergence in the way product groups responded to different activities. Yep. We then have a number of functions that is, are designed to achieve uh, what you might call strategic coherence across the organization. Mm -hmm. One of those groups is called strategy, architecture, and planning. Yep. Uh, and that's about the big picture. Now, where is the money uh, being invested? Uh, now, how does the platform design overall work? What are the policies within which each component and service are designed? Yep. Uh, we have uh, common functions for uh, service operations. That runs the service desk on behalf of all the product groups. Yep. We have a common supplier management function uh, as well. And, and all of those are designed to uh, ensure that what we deliver is coherent from when viewed from outside the organization. Yep. We have two further functions that are, are, were important to us for achieving sustainability. Mm -hmm. uh, the first of those is a internal operations function uh, that ensures we have the internal policies, we maintain the organization, we get recruitment right, we manage budgets effectively, mm -hmm. we manage risks effectively, okay. so that on the inside the organization delivers on the commitment we've made to the broader FCA. Mm -hmm. uh, and then finally, but uh, particularly significantly in, in my mind. We have, a, we have built into this organizational structure uh, the means to keep the organization and the people within it fresh and current. We've built in three communities of practice that mm -hmm. have the job of both uh, ensuring we are continuously developing our capability and ways of working uh, and that we are providing uh, development opportunities and support for career planning mm -hmm. for individuals. Uh, and that effectively means that the people in the organization are not part of one of the 
15 are, are not just members of one of the 15 or so entities that make up the organization. They're also part of a practice uh, and are given opportunities to see the bigger picture mm-hmm. about what people in their disciplines and related disciplines are doing, yeah. given development opportunities so they can acquire skills that help people move into their next position. That's quite a reorganization, I can imagine. So, so how long does that take if you say, well, we need to do reorganize and then until you say, well, now we've got everything in place. So what's the typical time that you need to do a reorg like that? Right. Well, the planning uh, of that restructure uh, from the point I joined in October 2017, it was around six months from that point to announcing the structure. Yeah. Uh, that was April 2018. We then had a period of consultation through to the autumn. Mm-hmm. Uh, we then implemented the change in two stages, the first being a pilot stage to validate that the new function would work and allow yep. us to sustain at least the same level of performance. And once the pilot had been successful, we moved the rest of the organisation to that structure mm-hmm. around October. And we declared that initial phase of the restructure, which we called the transition stage, mm-hmm. uh, we declared that complete by the en- end of February this year. Okay. So end to end from my joining to completing that, uh, that was 15, uh, months, or so. 15 months or so, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Uh, now, however, we don't regard the restructure as being over at that point. So, so what we've established is uh, no, the new functions that we need to uh, deliver for the future, mm-hmm. and we've validated that end-to-end performance is, uh, sustains what was previously achieved. Yeah. But of course, the aspiration wasn't just to, to have a new structure that does the same thing. Yeah. The aspiration was to do rather better. To do better. Uh, and uh, so w- we're now in what we call the transformation stage. Mm-hmm. And in that stage, every team is being asked to think about, uh, no, imagine no, a year from now, yep. uh, no, your team is a top performer, uh, no, recognised for being hugely successful. Mm-hmm. What's it going to be like? What's it going to be different? And to enable that difference... Yep. What are you going to be doing differently? And what support are you going to be getting from the rest of the organisation yeah. to enable you to play that part? Mm-hmm. Uh, and we then are, you know, having helped each team develop its vision, uh, we then support that process with uh, you know, helping each team develop a plan mm-hmm. that incorporates not only that team's own needs, but the needs of other teams on it. Uh, and that phase, which is being done, of course, in parallel with a huge amount of delivery that's underway, yeah. uh, no, and, is, and is less dramatic because people are still in the same jobs. Yeah. It's just you no know, improving the way those jobs are done and the way teams work and the way teams interact. Yeah. But we have called that out as a formal phase of the organisational change with its own success measures. Uh, and we will declare that done when we see the success measures. And being how do you achieved. measure? How do you measure the success of a reorganization, restructuring like this? Uh, we measure it in terms of the uh, no, effectiveness of the business engagement. Mm-hmm. No, no, because uh, no, one of our ambitions was you know, to become integral to the business, uh, no, so that the, uh, no, the regulators and the technology organization are working uh, no, as, to as far, in as, insofar as possible as one. Mm-hmm. So are we seeing that engagement scores go up? Are we seeing the flow of ideas? Are we seeing the 
shift from order taker to true true partner. Uh, we're measuring it on the velocity of what the product groups are doing. Mm -hmm. uh, now, are we seeing the backlogs uh, now be created? Are we seeing the appropriate prioritization? Yep. Are we seeing you know, the business value being delivered? Mm -hmm. uh, and we're also uh, you know, ensuring that we have measures on financial performance, people performance, diversity and inclusion, yeah. uh, effectiveness of risk management, uh, no coherence of architecture.